this is Ignite. Thank you for everything you're going to be doing here today in our midst. Receive our thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. How many of you are ready to learn today? Seriously, you're ready to learn today? Okay, that's good. That's good because you're going to learn something today that will be very good for your foundational experience as a Christian. For your foundational experience as a Christian. Thank you, Lord. I want to speak to you today about how to experience the promises of God. There are thousands of promises in the Bible. Many of them, some of them, you know, at least you know at least maybe one or two. If you're from of African descent, you will know promises like no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Because your mother will have prayed that over you, you will have heard it. You will have heard things like whatever I lay my hands on shall prosper, and you shall be the head and not the tail. Can somebody tell me another promise? Any promise? Anybody wants to do it? Just stand up. Just stand, put up your hand and any promise in the Bible. Yeah, go on. Sorry? Yes, 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 yes. You have a wonderful future with happy and the other person want to try. A lady? A lady? You give me my own mates. Praise God. Is that a problem? Okay, tell me. One. Yes, very good one. Honor your father and your mother, so your days will be long. It will be well with you, and your days will be long. Fantastic. That's the first commandment that comes with a promise. Yeah, any other person? All right, let's do this way. If you're bold to stand up to tell me a promise that is not common, I'll send it to the bookshop at the end of this. You take anything you want to take in the bookshop. How about that incentive? Anybody wants to try? No, anybody wants to try? Oh, really? All right. Go ahead, go, just go ahead, tell me, yeah. Stand up and tell us so that they can see you and hear your voice, yeah. Uh, those can you stand up, please? Yeah, thank you. Those who have the voice are in their strength, they shall rise up and wear some heels, they shall run and be free, they shall restore their strength, and rise up. They shall restore their strength. So I'll give you, since you didn't complete you, I'll give you a shirt with only one half. <laughs> All right. So go in there, take any shirt, anyone you want there. I don't know. All right. I thought I saw the hand of Gori. Was it Gori? Yeah. Tudu, sorry. Tudu. Go on. Don't speak French, please. I know you speak French very well. Just speak in English. I only understand English. Yeah. In the, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy at the right hand. There are pleasures forevermore. I think that's Psalm 16, verse 11. That sounds like what? Psalm 16, verse 11. Okay, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I need if that's I need a promise to you. Um, okay, why are you thinking? Give it to the lady, the Jesus lady. Yeah, yeah. What's the name actually? Susan. Susan, fantastic. Let's, let's encourage Susan. Come on, Ignite Church. Yeah, go on, Susan. Um, let no spirit of death trouble me, if I bear my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. Let, sorry, sorry, I didn't get that. No, so let fast. no spirit of death trouble me, if I bear my body the marks I of the Lord I bear the marks, okay. You're quoting scripture, but I need a promise that God is giving to you. It's good, it's good. What you're saying is good, it's true. Yes, yes. Please give her the mic here. 
Hello, watch, watch me. He's just going to give it to his friends so that you can share what you want to go and take in the bookshop together. All right, give it to her, please. Thank you. Then we'll take two more after her. Okay. Um, never again would you be the dissolent city or the forbidden Yes, land. that's a fantastic promise. So you two get something in the bookshop. Fantastic promise. Yeah. Come on, let's get a guy. Okay, the next two, just give it to guys. Yeah, give it in. Because we're having a men's conference very shortly, and we've got to make sure that they're all primed up. Yeah, I think it's from Matthew. Ask and you should be given, sick and you shall find. Very good, Talk very simple promise. Very good. So get, it, get, it, get something in the bookshop, fantastic. Who else? Yes, the guy at the back. Yeah, you. Don't look at your iPad, please. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just joking. It's okay, just go ahead, shoot. That's all right. Thank you. Um, I'll be with you even to the ends of the head. Yes, yes, fantastic. Emmanuel, I'll be with you to the end of the ages. Fantastic. So these are all promises. Now, the beauty of the promises that these promises are objective. They're written in black and white in scripture. The question I want us to answer today is how do I not know the promise, not become aware of the promise, but how do I what? Experience it. So practically in my life. So when somebody, so when God says, for example, you shall be the head and not be the tail. That's Deuteronomy 28 verse 13. You will be above only. That's the promise. Now, somebody that does not know that promise at all in scripture, when they look at my life, can they see the reality of that promise? Okay? There are many promises that are in the Bible. Some you know, if we look at some of them already today, but there are thousands, some Bible study scholars, Bible scholars rather, tell us that there are over 10,000 of those promises. The question is, the ones that people don't even know, when they look at my life, when they look at your life, they should be able to say, well, I see that something is different for your life. And what, when they tell you what they observe in your life, it will actually be something that is consistent with the promise of God in Scripture. So you are just experiencing that. For example, when it says in Psalm 91 verse 3, Psalm 91 and verse 3, put it on the screen for me, Psalm 91 verse 3, so I can quote it correctly. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler, verse 4, and from the perilous pestilence. So there's pestilence and there's flu, there's COVID, there's common cold, and all these airborne diseases and respiratory diseases all out there. But somehow, when people, for you, they just look at it and say, what's wrong, man? There's just something about you. You don't seem to come down with all of this. Without even knowing the promise of God, without even knowing Christ, what they're actually saying is that they're telling you that Psalm 91 verse 3 has come to pass in your life. How many of you will like that? Okay. How many of you will like that? All right. Okay, so we're going to walk through, and please take this very, this, this message is a template. That's why I begged and begged the leaders of Ignatius to allow me to come. They wouldn't really allow me to come. They said they have a schedule. I had to beg them, pray fast, push, cajole, encourage, motivate, inspire. Everything all together. Get some prayer warriors to pray for me for favor. Until finally the door opened and they allowed me to come. So... I don't think it's opportunity lightly at all. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, thank you. So I want to give you a template that you will use for the rest of your life. You know, uh, you can modify it, you can take it up, you can you know improve on it. But this is the basics of what it takes to experience 
the promises of God. If not, nothing is as frustrating as window shopping. I know some of you make, make, has made it your hobby, but it's very frustrating to be window shopping in, in life. It's very frustrating. You know, to go there, you look at it, you like it, one little small paper dangles at the bottom of it when you pick it up, and that paper tells you to get out of this place. You know, because you see some figures written on it, and you say, oh, no, no, no. And they ask you, oh, would you like it? Would you like to try it? And say, no, 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 no. Just afraid of this small little paper. It's very, and somebody else comes in, and what you are running away from, they just buy it just like that. Okay? I'm praying for you that you will experience the promises of God. All right. Father, we thank you. We honor you. Please, Lord, speak to us today. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So the Bible is full of thousands of promises. I told you that already. And those promises are real. They're real. They're very real. And they're intended to be experienced by all believers. However, many believers are not experiencing these promises in practical terms. Okay? And when you read and you hear these promises but don't experience them, you become disillusioned, frustrated, discouraged, and many people move away from God. And this is what happens. People move away from God because they say, well, I don't even know if this thing is real. If Christianity is real, it is real. But you need to understand that there is a way to make the promises, you know, for you to come to pass in your life. For example, in this country of Canada, uh, when you end in this country, the government takes money from you right there immediately. You know, pay as you end. Pay system. They take money from you immediately. And usually, as it happens with many governments in the Western world, they take more from you, okay, without considering any other thing you're doing for the whole year. They take, they've taken more from you. They've taken enough from you to cover what they think, but a little bit more for your taxes. So, but they said, you know what, we're going to give you an opportunity at the end of the fiscal year. And so maybe you've given to charity. We didn't, know it. we didn't know about that. Maybe there's some, you've gone to school, paid some tuition. We don't know about that. Maybe you've done a few things like that. At the end of the fiscal year, before 30th of April, I think it's in Canada, let's reconcile our books. You send me some documents so I can know. I will use those documents to recalculate your taxes. And usually you will have paid more. And then I can refund you. Now, if the government is owing you $5,000 in taxes and you have some of the documents and you don't file your taxes and you don't give them the opportunity, is there, it's a promise. In fact, it's legally, the government is legally bound to give you the, give you the money. But the money is just going to hang there and the government is just going to, and you know, truly, truly, there are billions of dollars that are hanging with the government that people have not claimed. Because there are certain things you need to do. It is your own, uh, the responsibility is yours and mine to know exactly what to do to fight in, to get what belongs to us. Are you still with me, church? All right. So, this is what is important. God is real. Oh, easy, easy, PWA. Do you want to give you these slides? Put it on the app for you. All right, I won't give you because not only two of you said yes. So, the, 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 <laughs> so the two of you that said yes, you can meet me at there, I'll, I'll give you. The rest of them don't value it, so it's okay. And look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 6. Ah, no, if I show you, you'll be offended. But it's actually in Scripture. Just take a look. But I won't read it. But you see, you got, you got the point. God is real. 
and his word is true and unfailing and his, his intentions are pure. God does not have fine print. He's not a God that is looking to escape his obligations. He's a God that is excited to meet your needs. And there are quite a lot of scriptures about God fulfilling his promises. Let's look at a few of them. Exodus 12, 25. It will come to pass when you come into the land which the Lord gives you, just as he has promised. So you see that God has promised and he brings people. Notice he did not say if you come into the land. He said what? When you come into the land. Are you with me at all in that church? I'm too fast for you. Second Samuel chapter 7, verse 28. And now, O oh Lord God, you are God. Your words are true. You have promised this goodness to your servant. So the words of God are true. God is real. In 1 Kings 8:56, I love this verse of scripture. Solomon was praying at the dedication of the temple. The promise was given to his father, David. Alright? And now, and God had told his father David that your son will build the temple. So Solomon has now built the temple. So at the dedication ceremony, Solomon is now saying, bless the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel according to all that he promised. There has not failed one word of all his good promise, which he promised through his servant Moses. So God, Solomon is saying everything God promised that he's going to do for the children of Israel, not one has failed. He has done it. And I'm praying for you that you will also experience the promises of God in your life. Amen. In the New Testament, in Acts chapter 1, verse 4 to 5, Jesus told the disciples that had been with him, he said, wait in Jerusalem, do not depart, wait for the promise of the Father. And then in Acts chapter 2, verse 2, the Bible says, suddenly, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, okay, they were in one accord in one place, and they were praying, and suddenly, as a rushing mighty wind, the Holy Spirit came. So when you see a manifestation of God in the life of somebody and it looks like it suddenly it just happened, it is as a result of God honoring his promise. I pray God will honor his promise in your life in Jesus' name. Amen. All right? So here then, we can look at examples of people that have inherited the promises. We're going to look at three examples and we look at three things to do, okay, to inherit these promises. All right? Um, there are many more, but just as a starting point. Examples of people. The first example is Joshua and the children of Israel. So this is a, it's both a, a, an example as a personal example and a corporate example. So this can be you and your siblings. It applies to you and your siblings, you and your family. All right? It can be you and your group of friends, and it can be you as an individual. So Joshua and the children of Israel. So in Joshua 21, Verse 43 to 45. The Bible says, So God, the Lord gave to Israel all the land of which he has sworn to give to their fathers. And they took possession of it and dwelt in it. Now let me show you something here that is very important. And this is not a mistake. Now notice the way it is structured. Because it's a formal equivalence translation of the Bible. Do you want me to show you this? to help you. Now look at what the Bible says. The Lord did what? He gave. So that's God's responsibility. But what did they do? They no, just the two words. They the Lord over syllables. Two words. They 
what the, they took what the Lord so that's the very important thing you see it's not a mistake it means many times God gives but man does not take it also means you can never take what God has not given so there are many things God has given you have to be able to take so what I want to show you now is how to do the taking of what God wants to give the, the Lord giving on his own part there's no problem God will give he will fulfill his promise but you and I must take thank you we must take alright is this too hard for you oh I see I see uh, alright you want me to sing promises now Mirin for you <laughs> the God of Abraham Isaac and Jesus this is how after you sang it as a song and you gone back home this is how you're going to get it if not it will forever remain a song you know this is what makes people forget frustrated you're going to come you're going to sing a song and I love it I've listened to that song maybe 20 or 30 times this weekend alone I love it it's my favorite song from them you know but this is how you are going I don't want to just sing a song I want to be the song I want people to look you know you know Isaac can anybody tell me the meaning of Isaac yeah but what Genesis 21 verse 6 look at what Sarah said Genesis 21 verse 6 Sarah said the Lord has made me laugh and all that here will laugh with me so 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 the Lord had made me laugh Isaac is laughter Isaac was the embodiment of that miracle of God making me laugh so Sarah is not just saying it she has laughter in the house Isaac is in the house he has the laughter I don't just want to sing the promises I want to be able to show the promises in my life how many of you want to do that too? Yeah. yeah I want to be able to point to the promises God promised that whatever I lay my hands on shall prosper look at the works of my hand it's prospering God says my days shall be long I will not die young I would I will live and not die look at me I'm living and not die God says pestilence will not come near me no evil shall befall you no plague shall come near your dwelling place look at it no plague is coming near me you see I, God says I'll be the head and not be the tail look at me I'm not relevant in this country I want to be able to show people the promises not just play the message play the tape of the promises how many of you would like to show people the promises in your life yeah 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 that you write an exam you pass the exam everybody say my god i can't believe this this exam is tough and you know when you write professional exams there's no pass mark it depends on how some people do you know so even if you are not going to do very well the people that will do it they will sit down and do it next year so that you <laughs> so that when they <laughs> you got that defeat so that when they do the bell curve it can favor you you know you know you know god will just make circumstances work for you in, in that way, when people are asking you, so what's really going on in your life? You can say, well, you know, these are the promises. These are the promises. And people will now, this is what happens. People will now begin to use your life to pray without even reading the Bible. People will now say, Father, you know, you are not a respectable person. You don't show partiality. The same way you lifted Chini in a place of work. And within three years, she became a VP. Lord, lift me too. Now, in praying like that, you're actually praying God's promises. You're actually praying God's promises. But you're saying, I don't remember why it is in the Bible, but I remember her. I remember him. I remember, I remember if he, I don't remember where that promise is in the Bible, but the, the promise is actually in Psalm 113, verse 7. Look at it. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the hardship. Verse 8. To place them among the 
princes of his people, to sit with the princes of his people. This is the promise. But I don't know where it is in the Bible. I don't even remember where it is. I can't quote it. But I know, I see him. I see her. I see it in their life. So Lord, the way you have just helped in his career, help me. You're actually quoting the promises. But you're quoting the promises that have left the pages of scripture and become a reality in the life of a person. Would you like to be that person that the promises have become a reality in their lives? Yeah. Yeah, when people want to talk, people of my inkling, people of my, my kindred, when they want to talk about church, church growth, what have you, in this country, they look at us of praise. It's just a fact. They look at it, you look at FEC1, you look at FEC2, you look at all the things we're doing. The men's conference are going to be happy right now. We've had the biggest, largest registration we've ever had. You look at all of that, you look at the church like this, to the glory of God, we've had back-to-back FECs, we've had all manners of things. Now we're having men's conference. We've, we're having open heavens. Every single thing we had, the women's come. Every single thing is free. No pressure on offering on anybody. There are churches that when they gather volunteers together and they want to sell, they sell the match to the volunteers. They use it to, it's part of the way they raise money for the program. Not in this church. Everything, if you see a volunteer in this church, we are any one of these things, this is free. We give it to them free. One man that killed told me, he said, well, Pastor, you know what? He said, I just came to this country. I really didn't need to buy clothes for a long time. Because every clothes I have, every shirt I have, is from Pastor Priest. <laughs> I was in this department. They gave me this. They gave me this. I volunteered for this. They gave me this. He said, I just have a series of them. So I just, thank God, I just keep on wearing them. Praise God. It's free. It's free. How many churches are in this country that are debt-free and are not just debt-free? They have a mindset of abundance. So when people want to pray, they pray like that, Lord, where, where did these people get all this money? Lord, whatever. God, just help me like this. <laughs> help them. And it is the El Shaddai for us, God that provides Jehovah Jireh, you know, more than enough. Okay? Okay. He did not, for us, it's not just a song. He lives here. You understand? He lives here. Because the Bible says, wealth and riches shall be in his house. So I'm praying for you that these promises will not just be words. They will become a reality. All right? Okay, not one word failed of every good thing that God has promised. All of them came to pass. All of them came to pass. Sarah, example number two. So we looked at the first example. Joshua is a man. Sarah, example number two, is a woman. All right? And the Lord visited Sarah as he has said... And the Lord did for Sarah as he has spoken. That's it. Take the name of Sarah out of that place and put your name. Can you do that? Can you do that? And the Lord did for Wale Akishiko as he has said. And the Lord, sorry, the Lord visited Wale Akishiko as he has said. And the Lord did for Wale Akishiko as he has spoken. Can you put your name? Can you put your name in there? Oh, your name is too long. Just put it. Don't worry. God can hear. Can we do that again? Three, two, one, go. And the Lord visited Wale Akishiko as he has said, and the Lord did for Wale Akishiko as he has spoken. That's it. God will do for you exactly what he has said. All right? And Sarah said, I told you already, the Lord has made me laugh. That's how you're going to end this year. God will make you laugh. This is how you're going to end this year. God will make you laugh. Whatever is bringing worries, anxieties to you, whatever is making you sad, before this year is over, God will turn it to laughter for you. God will turn it to laughter for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. You know, it's beautiful when people see you 
maybe you walk across or you come into a room or you go into a place and they're whispering, talking silently, you know, that's, that's the man. Yeah, that's that young man. Just only three years and he's become a VP. You know, that's the guy that that exam that he said nobody passes. Look at him. That's the guy that passed that exam. That's that sister that normally they said when people are in that situation, they're out of status, they have to leave the country. But they change out of status for her into citizenship. That's that sister. You know, when people, they're whispering, they're whispering, saying, that's, that's the sister. And when you come in, they say, shh, shh, shh. what they're basically saying is that that's the promise. That's the promise that's come to pass. Even an angel recommended somebody that has experienced the promise to Mary. He said, Elizabeth, Elizabeth, that the one that they said is barren. She is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. Other people have called her names, but God said, I've changed her story. I'm praying for somebody here. They might have called you names, written you off. Even you have written yourself off. God is changing your story for good. God is changing your story for good. God is changing your story for good. An angel, put it back on the screen. Luke 136. An angel is the one that is saying, Luke 136. I saw it right now. Luke chapter 1, verse 36. An angel that came from the direct presence of God, his name is Angel Gabriel. He said, now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month. For her, who was, who was out of status, who had failed the exam, who didn't have a job. This is now six months that he has been working and he's now bought a house. But he didn't have a job. This was the guy that used to do Uber ride and share. Uber, and he used to beg people, please, can I share with you? Can you take me home? Can you take me home? This is now he. It's only six months. And look at the transformation in his life. The angel said, Mary, I want to strengthen your faith. I want you to look at her testimony. I want to strengthen your faith. I want to strengthen your faith. Look at him. Look at his testimony. This is going to be your example also. God will use your testimony to strengthen the faith of somebody else. Paul is his third one. Paul, in Acts 23, verse 11 to 12, Acts 28, verse 11 to 16, Jesus Christ told Paul, he said, he said, Acts 23, verse 11 to 12, but the following night, the Lord, that's Jesus Christ, stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul, as you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so you must also bear witness at Rome. Now, Oh my goodness, many years ago, God gave me a powerful revelation from this verse of scripture. Listen, Jerusalem is very local to Paul. Rome is international. Nobody, nobody in the history of the world has ever preached the gospel in Rome. Rome was the center of civilization in the world as at this time. It was the capital. It was where um, Caesar, you know, the head of the Roman Empire stayed. This is it. Rome is it. That was the ultimate in terms of going to a place. And Jesus Christ said, you're going to go from the village, from a locality where nobody knows you, Jerusalem. You're going to Rome. And inside this scripture is citizenship. Inside this scripture is the ability to travel and come back. Inside this scripture is dignity. Inside this verse of scripture is greatness. And for somebody here right now, where you are is Jerusalem, God will take you to Rome. Jesus Christ said, you will bear witness at Rome. And the Bible says in verse 12, some people said they will never eat. They took an oath. They will never drink. 
they will never eat until they killed Paul. But you see, listen, listen very carefully. This is where this is very important. Jesus Christ had already given Paul a promise and they wanted to kill Paul. Please hear me very well. God told Paul, you have borne witness for me in Jerusalem, but your faithfulness in Jerusalem, I'm not giving you a promise. That promise will take you to Rome. Follow this very carefully. You know, God gave and they took. All right. So Jesus Christ is saying, Paul, you've been witness. Now I'm going to give you a promise. So God gave him a promise. So when God gives you a promise, the promise comes into your spirit, man. Are you following this illustration? Come on, Ignite Church, are you following this illustration? So, people, Satan, obviously, behind the scene, stirred up people. They said they would never eat, they would never drink until they kill Paul. The question is this, is it Paul they really want to kill? Because if it's Paul they really want to kill, why not kill him in Jerusalem all this while? Why not kill him? Why didn't they have this before Jesus gave him the promise? What they really wanted to kill is not Paul. What they wanted to kill is the promise they gave him. But the very important part. What will save your life is the promise you're carrying in your belly. Huh? I'm about to wrap up because you're not understanding what I'm saying. I will let um, Abby come and sing for us a few minutes. Abby is very good at singing. I really appreciated what she did and, that, and every other person at FUZ night one. I was really excited about that. Samuel and the whole team, Emmanuel, all of you guys, well done. What they really, what he really wanted to kill is the promise that is now hidden in his heart. What Satan is afraid of is not your qualifications, it's not your background, not your pedigree. What he's afraid of is that the promises of God in your life will become a reality. That threatens him. He's scared to death that you will actually be the head and not the tail. He's really scared that those promises, when the Bible says, that the, no evil will fall you. Like that young man said, he said, I have a wonderful future with a happy, with a happy end. He's really scared of that promise. When you take that promise and internalize that, let me say this to you. When you say yes to the promise and you take the promise in you, and the promise comes into your heart, listen very carefully. Heaven releases resources to God, to God, not you as a person per se, to God the baby they have impregnated you with. When Mary said, be unto me according to your word, Luke chapter 1 verse 38, Luke 1 38, Mary said, be unto me according to your word. She took that promise. She received that promise. Okay? The word of God, Jesus Christ, became flesh. Mary got pregnant. When Herod wanted to kill them, okay, Luke chapter 2 verse 13 now. Luke 2, 13. Okay. Find the scripture for me where it says Herod is going to, when the angel went and said to Mary and Joseph, you know, take up the child and, and go because um, Herod will want to kill the child. Find up more. I think it's Matthew 2, 13. Matthew 2, 13. Yeah. It's Matthew, not Luke. 2, 13. Okay. Take the young child, okay? 
So here now, this is the angel speaking to the, the guardians of Jesus. He said, take the young child. Now, it was not when this when Jesus was born. He, angels were milling around. Even when there was about to be a divorce between Joseph and Mary, angels intervened. Why are they intervening? Because they didn't want Jesus to be raised in a broken home. The promise is protected by God once you take it. If you don't have the promises of God on the inside of you, you don't, God is not obliged. You're just living an ordinary life. I know, let me tell you this. I know what I'm telling you is not theory to me, it's practical. When Satan brought the battle to my doorstep, one of the reasons why I knew God saved my life and showed me mercy, and I did not go with it because many people have gone with such battles, even things that were smaller, was because of Ignite Church. Because God gave me a promise concerning Ignite Church. And because of that promise, was still living in me. And that was one of the reasons why Satan wanted to take me out. And God said, No, we've got to save him. We have to save him. Because there's still somebody coming to Ignite Church that I want this guy to be a blessing to. You see? Okay? And the Bible says in Acts 28, verse 11 to 16, after three months, they sailed, they went there in three months, and they went towards Rome's, Rome. Okay? And in verse 16, the promise was fulfilled. They got to Rome. You know, the promise God has given you, somebody said, I have a wonderful future with a happy ending. The end of this year will be better than the beginning of this year for you. Yeah. Thank you. I like the way you're responding. The end of this year will be better than the beginning of this year for you. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Quick question then is this. So how do you express the promises of God? Pay attention. Let me give you three keys quickly. Number one, don't worry if you can't write. As fast as I'm moving the slides, I'll give you the slides. I'll give you the slides. If it will make it available to you. Genuine salvation is the first thing. Genuine. Please, operative word genuine. Not just salvation. What do you call it? Genuine? Genuine. Genuine. <laughs> you can pronounce it any way you want to pronounce it, but that's it, it's what it is. The food my mother gave me has twisted my tongue. So it's genuine. <laughs> it's not my fault. A genuine encounter with the person of Christ, that's salvation. Please listen carefully. If you have not experienced genuine salvation, you have to. It's not a church doctrine. It's not something that, you know, that's what the church just want to do. Oh, I saw my friends doing it. If you have not, even if you have come out before, you've not experienced the life of Christ, you need to have that encounter with Christ. You need to genuinely be saved. It's very important. Without that, you are not going to experience the promises of God. This is what makes you a bona fide child of God. And you can make God, the almighty God, the all-powerful God, all-seeing God, omnipotent God. You can make him responsible for you. Genuine salvation. That's what I had on the 8th of June, 1995. I was 25 years old, going to turn 26 that year. That's what changed my life. I was a young lot like you. I walked into a church, it was a small gathering of people, and I had genuine salvation. Oh, I can't tell you how important that is. Membership, membership of a church is not a substitute for an encounter with the person of Christ. Yeah, you come to Joah, I come to Ignite Church. Oh, yeah, I do Ignite Church. My friends also do the same church. We all go to the same church. Please don't just rule with the crowd. Christianity is very, it's not private, but it's personal. 
Don't just roll with the crowd. You know, I roll with my friends. My friends are now, they're not going to that church. We used to be in another church. You know, we all roll to that church. Now we roll to this church. Then we might roll to another church. Don't do that. Okay? Membership of the church. You might even be a volunteer in the church. You know, you're one of those that say, hi, hello, welcome to church, and all of that. It does not matter. You need your own personal salvation, God. Your mother might be a bishop, your father might be an archbishop, or, you know, a deputy bishop. It does not matter. God does not have grandchildren. Let us think in. God has no grandchildren. God has only sons and daughters. That's it. Only sons and daughters. Okay? Only sons and daughters. Okay? To us, he came to his own, his own did not receive him. To as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become sons of God or children of God. All right? John chapter 1, verse 11. And 12. So God has no grandchildren. So the salvation of your parents, of my parents, is not a substitute for my own genuine personal salvation with the person of Christ. Can I hear an amen? amen? So salvation cannot be assumed. It is a conscious decision you must make based on an inner conviction. Not because your friend is elbowing you say, come on, stand up, go, go. No! It is because the Holy Spirit is, you, is convicting you, you have that it's time. It's time. You can't assume. You can't say, but I've been coming to church for a long time. Some people have come to church, they've come forward, we've dipped them in water, they've done, but in their heart, they've not encountered Christ. That's why they go back exactly to living their lives exactly the same way it used to be. Nothing has changed on the inside of them because they never encountered Christ. They don't have eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Make sure of your salvation. I'm going to give you an opportunity today. Make sure of your salvation. Make sure of your salvation. Okay? Why? Because it is when you are saved that all of the promises of God becomes yes in Christ. You have to be in him. You see? This in him, this in him is very important. It means you are already saved. It's those that are saved that are in him. Okay? And it is in him, all the promises of God in him. Ah, yes and amen. If you are not in him, the promises are not yes. They're not. So you have to be in him. In him. Okay? The second thing about you expressing the promises of God, apart from genuine salvation, is that you must know God's love. Many people have not. That's why they look for love in the wrong places. Some people are into substance abuse. Some are into relationship abuse and all manners of things because they don't know God's love. Because some of us come from very, very colorful backgrounds, to say the least. But you've got to settle it in your mind that God loves you as an individual. God loves you how? Yeah, not just God loves us. Well, for God so loved the world. You have to pinpoint yourself in the world and say, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. God loves the world. Praise God. God loves everybody. I get it. That's true. But I want to just let everybody know, you know, God loves me. God loves me. At one point while she was singing here in our marines, she changed a bit of the lyrics and she said, it's not me. 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 Uh, and I like it. I'm never going to be more loved than him right now. Never. Okay. Never. God loves you as an individual. You know, I like this because God is omniscient. Omniscient means he knows everything about everything. <laughs> if God is not love and is just omniscient, all of us would have died. Ah, because what God knows about you, 
<laughs> it's amazing. Even before you came today, before I came to, to church today, God knows. So, but because his love balances his omniscience, he knows everything about me, to, that is to know about everything about me. My thoughts, even from afar off, the Bible says he knows them. What I'm going to think about tomorrow, he knows it. Forget about the one of today and yesterday. I'm not talking about what I'm going to do. What I'm going to think of, God already knows. But you know, it's amazing that though he knows all of that, he has still decided to love me. That's the powerful thing that in spite of yourself, God did not love you. He doesn't love you because of you. God actually loves you, loves me, in spite of ourselves. So don't take yourself too seriously. You are not the reason why God loves you. He is the reason. He is the reason why he loves you. And and I I, I, I really really love this because like that song song says, it says, says, I'm not going to be letting you down because I was not the one holding you up at one time. I'm not the one. So, I'm not, God already knows. God already knows. He's still still made up his mind. He said, yeah, I know, I know, I know. You know, in the Bible, in the Old Testament, God uses some specific lives in the Old Testament to try and demonstrate specific, specific aspects of his life. Please watch this. Don't go and do it, but this is what God said. In the Old Testament, there was no perfect revelation of God until Jesus came. Jesus is the perfect revelation of God. So after Jesus came, is the perfect revelation of God. He has clarified all of the gaps that were there in the Old Testament and all of that is the perfect revelation of God. But in the Old Testament, God wanted to show the children of Israel an aspect of his love, the type of unconditional love he has. So he called a man called Hosea. And he told the man to go and marry a prostitute. So Hosea went, picked up the prostitute, married the prostitute, did the wedding ceremony, married the prostitute, cleaned up the prostitute, gave the prostitute a lot of love. You see, Hosea chapter 1 verse 2, take for yourself a wife of harlotry, and children of harlotry. And Hosea did that. You know, having done all of that, you have thought the prostitute would have been, oh, I'm so impressed. Thank you so much for rescuing me. Thank you for loving me. Guess what the prostitute did? Ran away again. Hosea would go, pick up the girl again, and you know, and run away. God wanted to use that as a picture of what the children of Israel were doing to him, and he kept loving them and loving them because he has loved them with an everlasting love. How many times have you and I run away from God, but they keep coming after us? That's why we call it reckless love. It keeps coming after you. Keeps coming after you. Keeps coming after you. I know how many. I know you're looking at me so pious and so like, like you don't even understand what I'm saying. How many times have I run away from God? The very first day in my life that I heard that uh, a prophecy came, and I heard that I will be a pastor. I tell you exactly what happened on that day. It was my aunt, my aunt, my my dad's junior sister had a baby, living in London, England. She had a baby. I was 24 years old. She had a, a third child. So within the naming ceremony, seventh day, so a pastor came, a Pentecostal pastor was there. He was in the naming ceremony. He was in London flat. I was in the kitchen, and the ceremony proper was going on in the living room. Myself and two of my friends were in the kitchen. We were not really because they were singing praise and worship. They were you know, doing some Christian stuff. Now I know they were nice stuff. At that time, as an unbeliever, kind of like boring stuff to me. I was there taking Guinness with my friends and all of that in the kitchen, just taking Guinness in a can in London. We were just talking and hanging out and thinking of talking about the opposite sex. 
Now and then. Why are you looking at me strangely? I said I was 24. I was nobody again now. Ah, uh-uh, easy, easy. Don't judge me. So anyway, that's what we do. We're talking about that. You know, two of my friends. And then suddenly, the, there was a call. There an announcement in the living room there. When the kitchen, we were here. Saying that, um, this is part of what we do. That, you know, the child, they've named the child and all that. And then anybody that brought any gift or something, we do this part of our culture, southwestern part of Nigeria. You know, you come in. And the, if you had the gift, you just put the gift down and then you walk out. So I just went in normally. The pastor doesn't know where I am, doesn't know it's my aunt, doesn't know. I just took my can of Guinness, I left it on the flat, flat freezer. Freezer, yeah? I just put it in the freezer and myself and my friends, we just matched in, you know, whatever little pounds we had, just put it in, in the, in, on the table there and just walk around. As I just turned around to start going, the pastor just says, Excuse me, young man. I said, yeah. I just, just went by him. He said, you're going to be a pastor. Just like that. I said, sorry. <laughs> this was December 1994. He said, you're going to be a pastor. I said, my friend just looked at You know, it was the funniest thing I can ever, I, it, the strangest thing in this world. I mean, as the man said that, as we were walking back, my friend already pulling me, pastor. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor, we went back to the kitchen. Of course, I continued with Second Corinthians. I mean, the second half of what I was doing, I took my Guinness and continued. Okay, and we did it, and they teased me, Pastor, as I look at you with the Guinness. And you know, it looks so funny. So, it, I mean, it was the most incredible thing I've ever had in my life. Pastor, me, never. It, it doesn't even. It doesn't come. I mean, it doesn't come together with my lifestyle. Six months later. I was very born again. <laughs> and I was born again. I was so hungry for God. Six months later, 8th of June, 1995, I was born again. Actually, less than six months, five and a half months later. Because this was late 30th or so of June, 1994, is when that man said that. So God, all the while, while I was in that kitchen, taking my Guinness, God saw today that I will be preaching to you. He saw open heavens. And he saw what is going to come after open heavens. He saw all of that. He saw all. He saw that I will be teaching Bible school here. He knew all of that. He saw that I will be taking Academy of Faith and teaching Bible school. He knew all of that. And he said, I know you. I know the mess you are in. But I love you and I want you. you it's a decision God made. Nobody made that decision for God. That's why nobody can change his mind about you. Settle that in your mind. Nobody's going to convince. There's nothing you're going to tell God that will change his mind. Because whatever you want to tell God, God said, I already know Michael. Michael is like that. I already know Michael is like that. I know it's a a mess, but I took him. I love him. It's fine. That's all right. It's my decision. Say whatever you want to say. It's my decision. God loves you. Okay, he's not a mess. I'm just saying. God loves you. Can you touch yourself and say, God loves me? Now, you know, this, this is what I like to do. I like to look at somebody next to me because I don't know what they're thinking. I just look there and tell them, God loves me. Can you do that? Just tell them, with a bit of an attitude, God, God loves me. Yeah, 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 yeah. God loves me, God loves me. I don't know what you want to do about that. Well, sorry, if you don't like that, talk to him. God loves me. Amen. God loves, God's love means he cares very deeply for you. He cares very deeply for you. He said, cast your cares upon him for he cares. God took the initiative to love you without your input, without my input. There's nothing I said. There's nothing I did. He loves me. That's why when somebody says, well, uh, you know, 
my God, I love the way you are. As a pastor, I said, no, no, no. No, it was written in my destiny. I was an unbeliever when they said I'm a pastor. So there's not, I'm not, what am I going to do right now to impress God? Nothing. I can't impress him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God's love is unending. It's unbending. Thank you, Lord. Can somebody just say thank you for your love? Oh, somebody that genuinely appreciates us. Just say thank you for your love. Yeah, he cares for you. He cares for you. Many scriptures about that, it's all there. You sit on the slide. And number three of how to fulfill the promises is that you, have, you need to have knowledge of the promises. Ignorance is your worst enemy. You need to have knowledge of his promises. You need to know the promises. Ignorance of God's word is your greatest enemy. That's why we've taken time in House of Praise to be doing Academy of Faith for the last six weeks now. We're going to run it all the way to the first week in December. By God's grace, we'll take a reading week and then we'll continue. Yeah, yeah, and we continue. And then we start the second semester in January. Knowledge of God, and if you ask anybody, maybe some of you have also, has any one of you that have been part, that learned something from that academy of faith? Okay, did you like it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it gives you a level of confidence because you know, you know. Ignorance of God's word is our greatest enemy. You know, you know, before the men's retreat, <laughs> before the men's retreat, I think my son had gone out with some of his friends. I come down with a bit of cold, came back home a bit sneezing and everything. Then my wife took it from him. Then she passed it to me. The week of the men's retreat. Men's retreat was Saturday, Friday. So I just found myself. I wasn't sneezing or coughing or anything, nothing like that. But I just found that I was a little bit not myself. Let's put it that way. I was not optimum, optimum level I, I, I normally would be. All right. So I, I was thinking to myself, what's this? I have a retreat coming up. I need my full energy and all that. But, you know, and then on the, so it was a Monday now, Tuesday, I, I thought this is just cold. It's going to wear itself out in two, three days. It's just going to cost me some tissue and I'll be fine. By the Wednesday night, into Thursday morning, then I had a dream. I want to tell you the, why, the beauty of knowing God's promises. I had a dream. And in the dream, I saw myself standing in the dream and somebody came, was coming to me. The person was looking very not friendly at all. And like somebody wanted to come and do me harm. And in the dream, I could tell in the dream, you know sometimes the way dream, I, could, I knew straight away in the dream that he wanted to come and put sickness on me. And as he was coming towards me, right there in the dream, I told him, stop. And as I told him, stop, he stopped in his tracks. But he was looking at me to say something extra. And I told him, and I started speaking the word of God in the dream. And I said to him, he himself bore my sins in his own body by which stripes we were healed. If we were healed, then I was healed. If I was healed, then I am healed. I don't have it in the dream. That's exactly what I said. That's the same way I laid out. Then I woke up. Then I, I woke up. I told Topsy. I said, Topsy, this thing is not common cold. This thing is common devil. This thing is Satan trying to afflict me. Then I woke up. I didn't even pray after I woke up because the battle had been won. 
and the battle was won, the word was there, the promises was there. Please don't keep your spirit empty. It's dangerous. It's dangerous. Go back to these teachings, for example. The promises you've said today, keep it, write it, memorize it, keep it in your heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart. Let the words of Christ dwell richly in you. I am guaranteed. I know how it will end. Somebody says, is that not presupposition? Is that not presumption? Is that not arrogance and pride? It is. If I'm telling you I know how it will end based on my qualification, my talent, my experiences, my energy, my hard work. That is a lot of arrogance and pride. But if I'm telling you I know how it will end based on God's faithfulness to his word, then friends, that's not arrogance, that's knowledge. And I'm telling you, he said the end of a matter is better, come on, speak to me, than the beginning. Though your beginning is small, your latter end shall greatly increase. Psalm 37 verse 37, TLB translation, it says, I have a wonderful future. Come and speak to me now. Oh, they're happy, so I know it will end. We know it will end. It's going to be a happy ending. It's not a tragic ending. We know we all beholding as in the mirror the glory of the Lord have been transformed into the same image of glory from glory to glory. They go from strength to strength, each one as they appear before him in Zion. The path of the righteous is like a shining light. It shines brighter and brighter until the perfect day. Satan, you are a liar. I know how it will end. Yeah. It will end in glory. Yeah. You see, you need to have this promise and keep it in you. That's what you speak for. Can I hear an amen here? If you lack the promises, all you're going to be left with is complaining and grumbling because of circumstances of life. But that will not be your portion in Jesus' name. Now, this is the last thing I want to say to you. The slides will be available to you. Without the promise of God in your heart, God is not obligated to move his hand. Without the promises of God in your heart, God is never obligated to move his hand. The hand of God represents two major things in scripture, power and favor. The hand of God represents power and what? Without the promises. So when you say, oh God, do this for me, what you're really asking for is to move your hand. But before God will ever move his hand, he checks your heart. God wants to see himself in your heart. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. And the word was God. God wants to see himself, the word, in your heart. If he wants to move his hand, he loves you. If he wants to move his hand and he can't find his word in your heart, what he does is that the Holy Spirit, his, his Holy Spirit will come to you and start teaching you his word to put it in your heart. It's part of the process of getting the prayers answered. So that the word has to be in your heart because God, if God moves and there's nothing in your heart, nothing will happen. Nothing will happen. So it is, it, the move of God is only to confirm what the word of God in your heart. Let me say that again. The move of God is to confirm the word of God in your heart. So be knowledgeable about his promises. Be knowledgeable about his promises. What has God said concerning you? Be knowledgeable about his promises. Psalm 112, verse 1 to 3. And we'll wrap up now. Did you learn something today? Praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, greatly delights in his commandments. His descendants shall be mighty on the earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Now look at this now. Wealth and riches will be in his house. 
Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 Revelation chapter 3 I know your works see see I have said before you come on down an open door who has the capacity to shut the door nobody Isaiah chapter 60 verse 11 Isaiah chapter 60 verse 11 therefore your gates shall be open come on continually they shall not be shut why that men may bring unto you speak to me the wealth of the Gentiles and the kings and prisoners. One more, Isaiah chapter 61, verse 7. These are all promises of God that I'm just sharing with you. I'm going to pray for you now. Instead of your shame, come on now. Speak to me, Ignite Church. Instead of your shame. That is why, listen to me very carefully. If people are laughing at you, don't laugh at yourself. If people are making fun of you, don't laugh at yourself. If people are laughing at you and say, look at her, look at him. He said this and so and so. Where, where is it now? Don't laugh at yourself. Because you have to understand this, this scripture becomes real in your life at any time. Instead of your shame, you will have, come and speak to me. That's why I can tell you right now, we're in the month of October, on the authority of this scripture, if you, they've laughed at you this year already and said nothing has happened in your life, in the last two and a half, two, two and a half months we have now, November, December, full months, and the little bit that we have left in October, God Almighty, he will give you double honor. Yeah. Instead of the potential shame you're about to suffer, he will give you double honor. Yeah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah. If you believe that with me, jump on your feet and say a big amen. Yeah. If you believe that with me, jump on your feet and say a big amen. Yeah. I want to pray for somebody here today, according to the word of God that good news will find its way into your house. I don't know where you are. I don't know who you are. But I'm speaking on the authority of scripture. Good news is going to find its way into your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's one of the reasons why God brought me to the Ignite Church today. Somebody's here. You, 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 are, you are thirsty for good news. Your life is dry. There's a drought. You need a break. You need good news. That good news will to find himself into your life. That good news, it will find its way into your house. My role as a servant of God is to help under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to activate these promises to become a reality. I can exercise my own faith for you. The doors you have knocked upon that did not open before, they will open to you from today. Somebody is under the thought of my voice. You made some applications. You've even forgotten you made the applications. They will call you this week. They will call you this week. In the book of Genesis, chapter 40, verse 23, the Bible says the chief butler did not remember Joseph. He forgot. But in Genesis 41, verse 14, the king called Joseph because the man remembered all of a sudden. The Bible says in Esther, chapter 6, verse 1, that night the king could not sleep and he called for the records to be brought so that he can reward Mordecai. I pray this is that week when they will remember you. Any human agency individual, any human agency institution that God can use to midwife a breakthrough for you, they will remember you this week. I'm going to say that again. Please make sure you say amen. Every human agency as an individual, every human agency as an institution that God Almighty, your father, my father, can use 
to midwife a major change, positive change in your season. Right now, they will remember you this week. This week, the hand of God is stretched out. They will remember you for good. This week, God's hand is stretched forth towards your life. He will remember you for good. In Genesis chapter 8, verse 1, the Bible says, And the Lord remembered Noah. 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 Can you put your name? And the Lord remembered Wale Akishugu. Put your name. And the Lord remembered Wale Akishugu. One more time, please open your mouth and put your name. And the Lord remembered Wale Akishugu. So this month, I speak over you. God will remember you. God, he will remember you. It's okay to say amen in church. God will remember you. Don't worry about the person not saying amen, but God will remember you. That brother, that sister, that guy that's not saying amen, that girl, God did not send me to them. He sent me to you. God, he will remember you. Psalm 113, verse 7. In the name of the one that lifts up the poor from the dust and the needy from the hardship and places them among the prince of his people. Places them, gives them a seat among the prince of his people. Where you need to sit in, in your place of work. In your career, where the doors have refused to open. Admission, where the door has refused to open. I stretch forth my hand right now on behalf of God that put me in this position. And I declare over you today, receive the open doors. Be lifted to your seat of honor. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say about somebody here, your promotion will be very dramatic. I mean, if he leaves the poor from the dust and the needy from the harsh heap, it's okay to lift me from the harsh heap. It's okay to lift me from the, the poor, from the dust. What is so surprising is that you're not sitting me among princes. I mean, how do I go from the hardship to being with the princes? I mean, that's a big deal. That's dramatic. I pray over you today, one more time. Dramatic level of change becomes your portion in Jesus' name. You will not spend the end of this year in sorrow. You will not spend the end of this year in sorrow. You will not spend the end of this year in sorrow. You will not spend the end of this year in sorrow. Amen. Let me say this to you as I wrap up. Listen, listen carefully. For some people, they think what I'm saying is wishing them well. For some people, they think it's motivational speaking. For some people, they think I'm very stirring them up. But I know there are three people here that believe that these are prophetic words that is changing something for them in the season, that is shifting things for them in the season. Where are those three people? Let me hear you say a big amen. Amen. So in the name of he that changes the seasons and changes the times to make it favor you, I lift stretch forth my hand towards you wherever you are, whether you're online or you're here. In the name of Jesus Christ, may the season change in your favor. What you have struggled with in time past, you will no longer struggle with. You will no longer struggle with. What was difficult in the previous season will become easy in this new season. Listen. Jesus Christ was speaking in Luke chapter 4. This is very important. Put your hand on that keyboard for me. He said to them, he said, listen, he said there were so many widows in the land of Israel. He said, but there was none to which Elijah 
was sent except the widow of Zarephath. Zarephath was not really in the territory of Israel per se at that time. Then he said there were so many lepers in Israel, but there was none that was cleansed. That Elisha, God cleansed through Elisha, except Naaman the Syrian, because some people will just never believe. So God usually uses one or two individuals as examples that he sent somebody. 23 and a half years ago, God called me, God sent me to go and empower people to achieve their dreams and to fulfill their destiny. Some of you are not even up to 23, 23. And you can tell, you see, wisdom is justified by the children. In other words, it's the result you look at. It says, you have anointed my head with oil, my cup runs over. If you don't know the anointing on the head, just look at what is in the cup. That's what you look at. I'm praying for somebody here that believes. Because believe in the Lord your God, you will be established. Believe in the people he has sent, his prophets, you will shalak. You will prosper. I pray for you today in the name of Jesus Christ that is above everything. The one that called me, raised me, and sent me to you. What you have struggled with, you will not struggle with it again. This service marks the end of that struggle. This service marks the end of that struggle. This service marks the end of that struggle. In the name of Jesus Christ. What stopped your biological parents will not stop you. What stopped your foster parents will not stop you. What stopped them will not stop you. What stopped members of a family will not stop you. The barriers they could not cross, you will cross the barrier. The hurdles they could not jump over, receive grace to jump over that hurdle. They could not reach, receive grace to go beyond that height. In the name of Jesus Christ. There's anybody under the authority of my voice and you're struggling with one sickness or the other in your body. I cast that sickness to the root in Jesus' name. I rebuke that sickness in Jesus' mighty name. There was a sister that was going through a difficult period. She had just what the Bible describes as issue of the blood. She was just Bleeding. What ought, ought to be a five-day thing during the month just became days on end, weeks on end. She was just having constant bleeding. And of course, because of the situation, she just couldn't tell anybody. She encountered God in this place and God put a stop to it. I pray right now, whatever you cannot, you're even too ashamed to tell people anything that is eating you up on the inside. You can't even tell anybody. By the power of God this afternoon, I command a stop to it in Jesus' name. In the name of the one who is a way maker, it will make a way for you. In your career, it will make a way for you. In your academic pursuit, it will make a way for you. Starting from this moment, it will make a way for you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Finally, I, God showed me this. If it, it was in the year 2000, we were in Bank of Montreal, room in the Living Arts Center. Church was about 20, 20, 20 to 25 adults. The church started with seven adults. The whole house of prayer started with seven adults in this city. There's one young man that is here now. I won't put him on the spot, but he was one of the children that were there. On the first day of the church started. He's here in this service right now. He was a child then, but thank God for him now. He's in this service right now. Church started with seven adults. Just down the road here, Trewood, in Misaga here. So at that point, the church was about 24, 25 people. And I was reading in the book of John chapter 2 and the Bible says John chapter 2 verse 11 put it on the screen when I saw it and I was meditating on it 
Jesus went to a wedding in Canaan, and the Bible says the beginning of signs. Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. So I meditated on that, and it occurred to me God is looking for somebody or a place that they can use to show other people that he's still faithful. So I asked God, I prayed, God, use me and use us of praise. Today now, it's obvious God has used us. It's obvious God has used this church. Do you think God has used this church? Yes. When we're going on, when we're going to go on TV 2015, I told them, I said, we're going to go on TV. I see many people go on TV and all they do on TV is just to ask for money, ask for money, ask for money. I said, we'll go on TV. We're going to be on national TV, regional TV, national TV, not once, forever and ever. Are we going to ever act of funds? We've been on it for eight years now and six months. <laughs> Running every week, national TV, regional TV. We have never once asked of funds. And you know the amazing thing? People send us checks and we don't ask. But they still send us. Because to him that has, more will be given. He that does not have, the one he has, they will take it away. It's the principle. And we have never lacked. Even during the pandemic, we have never lacked. Because God's word is true. If you really want to receive this, come here. Just come and stand here with me. This part, if you want to receive it. If you don't want to receive it, it's fine. It's okay. Okay, your coming out does not validate my ministry. It's just for me to pray for you. I want you to ask God, come in, Jeremy, 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 heart to soul. Come on, Jeremy. Abby, can you sing good, good father? Grab the mic. Look at me, do you think you need God? Speak to me, do you think you need God? How badly do you need God? Do you need God? Or you just need God? Or do you need God? I cried out to God, Lord, I need you. Use me as an example in this country. Use me in this country. I need you. I came with a lot of disadvantages. What they call disadvantages then. It was bad. I don't have a pedigree. I've not been to a Bible school. I don't have a pastoral training. I'm very, very young. I look green. I have zero experience as a pastor. And Lord, how am I going to do this? I don't have a name, I don't have credibility, I don't have anything. What am I going to do? How am I going to, how am I going to do this? But God answered my cry. And today now, by the grace of the Almighty God, Jesus Christ has turned our story around. What they used to say is that can anything good come out of Nazareth? But the same people that said that are the same people that have now seen that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. Talk to God. Let him know you need him. Let him know you need him. And I'm going to pray for you, then you can go back and take your seat. Let him know you need him. I need you. I need you, Lord. I'm not here, Lord. I'm not here, Lord. I need you, Lord. My Father, I need you. Tell your Father you need him. He's a good, good father.
him. 30 seconds more. Talk to him. Lord, I need you, Lord. I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. today. Let me pray for you. When I pray for you. You wait. I'm going to give you some instructions. Father, these ones have come to stand here. I pray for them, Lord. You help me. You help me, Lord. And you are still helping me. Who would have thought that somebody that never went to a Bible school, no formal, formal scriptural or Bible school education, is not the one teaching Bible school, teaching the Bible theology. Who would have thought that somebody that has zero experience of pastoring is not the one teaching pastors? Who would have thought that somebody that started with seven adults, few children, less than $500, is not the one that, by your grace, Heavenly Father, leads an organization of this magnitude? that is completely debt free. Only you could have done this. What I'm simply asking, Lord, is these children of yours, they said they need you. Pray to you that they need you also. I pray, Father, let your hand be upon them. In their respective endeavors, in their respective pursuits, show them favor. You've made this great church of yours, House of Praise, an example in this land. Father, make them a positive example. Father, do something significant in their lives. Do something significant through their lives, oh God. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, that the plans of the enemy against their lives will not prosper. Blessed be your name, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please remain standing there. Abby, just wait for me, Abby, for a minute. Remain standing. Listen. I'm going to ask some people to go take the seat in a minute, but everybody just remain standing. Please listen to me carefully. God doesn't put anybody to shame. I was a very, very stubborn person. Today, now, if I have one regret in life, and sometimes I think about it deeply, honestly, God sees my heart. I'm standing before the Almighty God. I wish I gave my life to Christ early enough. I gave my life to Christ in 1995. I was born in 1969, November 3rd. And I was 25, on my way to 26. I wish, when I was a teenager and they were asking me to give my life, I wish I'd given my life like my wife did when she was a teenager and I was really into it. Honestly, that's the only regret I have. Don't postpone it. Thank God that the mercy of God found me. I started pastoring at the age of 30, to 31, that was year 2000. I started pastoring in this church. Don't postpone it. If you've never experienced God, genuine salvation, you don't need to go back to your seat. I'm going to pray a 30-second prayer for you. If you want to rededicate your life to Christ, don't go back to your seat. Just wait here. It's between you and God. This has got nothing to do with your friends. It's not, what are they going to say about me? What are they not going to say about me? No, that's got nothing to do with it. This is your own destiny. It's your own individual destiny. Don't let God pass you by. Please. You have your own new encounter. Because the day when, I went, when the call came out, it was on the 8th of June. It called Thursday night in 1995. A guy that's a, a man 
as the nephrologist Dr. Okeonuzo was preaching, there were just about 50 of us in that service. I came out. They told me later on that some other people, maybe a few other people came out with me. I didn't even realize that. I just knew I needed an encounter with the person of Christ. I looked back today and I said, myself, my God, my God. My God. So I want to pray for you. Say, Pastor, pray for me. It's going to take 30 seconds. I want to have a genuine encounter with Christ. I want to be saved. I want to give my life. I want to rededicate my life to Christ. You don't need to go back to your seat. Don't bother. Don't worry about it that somebody's looking at you. Please, please. That's the worst thing. That's the worst. It's a lame excuse. That's what it's looking at me. You have to have an encounter with Christ. These same people that will laugh at you today. The people that were laughing at me there. Today, they are, I'm laying hands on them. I'm laying hands on them. They, some of them almost defy me. I have to tell them, no, 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 no. I'm just a woman like you. They say, oh, really? Please. So if you want to give your life to Christ, or you want to rededicate your life to Christ, just remain in front. Even if it's only one of you, don't wait until to see who is waiting. If it's only you, that's fine. That means you're sincere and be decisive about it. But for the rest of us, we can go back to our seat right now. He's a good, good father. He's who you are. Just remain. Yeah. appreciate your boldness. This is what you're going to do for me. I want to pray for you. No, no, wait, 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 before you give them the bag. Please leave the bag for a minute. I want them to talk to God first. Leave all of that. We'll give you, we'll give you that in a minute. For all of you that are in front, lift up your right hand. I want to pray for you. Just lift up your right hand. It's a sign of surrender to God. It's a personal decision you're making, but it's the most important thing that you can ever do. Please stay with me as you lift up your right hand. If you're watching at home also, you want to do that, you can go ahead and do that. Stay with me, Lord Jesus. Come on, open your mouth and say it with me, Lord Jesus. I've come to you today. I believe you died for me. On the third day, you rose from the dead. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Take away my sins. Give me the grace to live my life in a way that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, your word says that if we come to you, anyone, you will not reject us no matter where we're coming from. And your word says that if we believe with our heart and confess with our mouth, and then we will be saved. For unto the heart, man believes, and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. These ones are believed. With the heart and confess, saved with the mouth. So, Father, I pray that by the administration of your Holy Spirit, you will minister eternal life to every one of them in Jesus' name. Amen. And that from this day, oh God, they will become your own in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And you will show yourself as their Father in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, my Father. Establish them in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please look up for one second. Please look up for one second. 
when the baby is born, I was there when my son was born. I was actually in the delivery room when my son was born. So it was an experience. But I was there. When the baby is born, you see all, all these doctors, they're all there. Once the baby is born, the doctor that is in charge is the obstetrician. It's in charge. The baby is born. Once the baby is born, they hand the baby over immediately to a pediatrician. They don't give the baby up and say, just go home. They hand over that baby to the pediatrician and the mother, okay? The doctor has to look after that baby. If not, that baby cannot fend for themselves. Listen, you born again, you rededicated your life. You need, listen, it's our own responsibility to help you walk through this. So we have just one session. It's only one session. It's called Next Steps. And it's virtual. You don't have to come in in person. Wherever you are in the world, it's virtual, completely virtual. It's only um, um, 75 minutes, one hour, 15 minutes. You'll be able to ask questions if you need. Some other people are going to be in the same class, but it's going to be same group. The goal of it is to just let you know the meaning of the decision you made. If you have any questions about it, um, next step. It's not to tell you the do's and don'ts. We don't do that. What we do is to allow you to have an encounter with the Holy Spirit. Okay, and then with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit can hold your hands, but we can show you from Scripture how to read the Bible and things like that, how to pray, and a few things like that. Okay, and then talk to you about the importance of baptism. Okay, but water baptism and baptism with the, of the, of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. We'll show you that, and then we can do the water baptism here on a Sunday. So this is going to be taking place. That's why we say to give us your uh, details in the cards so please 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 can you do that please for me so they're going to give you the forms now and your thing please just fill it in leave it on this altar we're going to pick it up all right okay and we're going to send you a link you can join us on zoom okay you choose the dates you want you can join us on zoom and do that so just fill in these cards and leave it here and we're going to get back to you god bless you ignite church can we give them a big round of applause